Hello, this is Address Unknown, Episode 9, coming at you once again from our camper van, Wanda. In this episode, we are going to be chatting about our time in Melbourne and our drive onwards to Adelaide. So sit back, let's get into it. Welcome back and thank you for listening. Yes, yes, we are still Jonica and Farber and we are going to be talking about our time in Melbourne or Melbs, right? Because why would you say the whole word if you don't have to? And then after that, we make our way towards Adelaide. So we finally made it into Melbourne after some crowded hot spring times uh, and drove to my friend Matt's house in North Carlton. Matt and I went to high school together in Prior Lake, Minnesota. We also had some times together in Minneapolis after high school when we both lived there, but then also connected again years ago uh, in New York City. Farber and I had been living there about two years and small world. Matt moves in with his friend, Denny, who happened to be living in a building that you were managing. Yep, that's right. And I don't know if it was really like, uh, I don't know, would you say legal that he was? I don't know how you would say it. Because Matt and Denny were so cool, I looked the other way. Right. Like Matt wasn't on the lease. He wasn't supposed to be staying there. We hung out together super fun. Um, And so then once we decided to embark on this trip, I knew that Matt was had been living in Melbourne for about seven or eight years. He went to grad school there to get his PhD. Yes, he's very educated. Smart guy. Very smart guy. He married lovely Emily. And so they've been together for a long time now. They have two very cute daughters, Ari and Esme. Uh, Emily is Australian. She's a local from Melbs. Yes, she grew up in Melbs. But they were kind enough to let us stay with them while we were there. So thank you again, Matt and Em. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you it. so much. Yes, because we were super excited to be sleeping in an actual real bed for a few nights. With our own bathroom. With our own bathroom, yeah, because while Wanda is, um, she's roomy, right? Like, you know, for, for a van, right? The the bed is not very long. Um, Farber and I are not extremely tall people. I'd say we're pretty average. And both of us are, our head hits one wall and our feet hit the other. There is not an inch to spare. So, uh, yeah, just a little caveat. If you are taller than 5'8", 5'9". 5'9". I'd say I'm pretty much 5'9". Okay, sure. I know. You love to say that. Um, You're you're not going to fit, and it's going to be uncomfortable. But it was uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable for us because you want to have some room, right, to stretch out. Yeah. But anyway... We were excited to have a real bed, so it was very nice to be able to do that for a few days. So we parked Wanda out in front of Matt and Em's house in North Carlton. And North Carlton is a very cute neighborhood. It sits right next to this other very cute neighborhood, Fitzroy, that is a little bit more hipster. But North Carlton, very quick tram ride into downtown. So, score. Yeah. Friends, 
positioning within the city. Location, yeah. And uh, yeah, great jumping off point. So we spent the first evening catching up, getting to know each other. This is the first time that we've met M. Um, drinking wine, having a lovely dinner of lamb that Matt cooked. It was incredible. The next morning, Mark had had this on his list for a while, the Queen Victoria or Queen Vic Market, uh, which is the largest open air market in the Southern Hemisphere. You were on the hunt for some exotic fruits. I thought, yeah, I thought <laughs> there was going to be all these sorts of like dragon fruit, and star Which fruit. there was dragon fruit. There, yes, but I thought, you know, rambutans. I thought there'd be all this crazy stuff. There were stuff. also rambutans. There were not rambutans. Yeah, but eventually we found them. Anyway, that's absolutely not true. But so <laughs> we, I was thinking it'd be some really foreign fruit, like some island, like Southeast Asian island fruit at this market. There, there was fruit, yes. Lots of fruit. Yeah, just not what I was seeking. Just not, normal fruit, if you will. No, yeah. Nothing that's like, that was too crazy. Yeah. But still, amazing market. Feels very European. Mm -hmm. uh, very much. There's a market in Madrid that I, it reminded me a lot of that. So lots of brass and glass. Tile. And lots tile. of like subway tile and stuff. Yeah. Super cool. So inside, you they know. fishmongers. Yeah. They, they, they have their meat guys. They have yep. their fruit people. They have their Cheese. cheeses and olives and yep. like all that, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. So it was great. Super fun. Um, we walked around there for a little bit. We grabbed some amazing coffee from this place, Market Lane. Very serious about their coffee. Um, and then we went to the, the fish guy that, that Matt goes to. And we had a dozen local oysters, which were incredible. Two different kinds. Very different. One was very large mm -hmm. and creamy. Maybe a little too much so for our palette yeah it had like a consistency of like brie cheese yeah. it was a little rough it was a lot but it was good <laughs> and the other ones were incredible they were great and we also got some salmon sashimi yep. and that was our breakfast just eating it right there next to the stall right in the market tons of people doing it, it was really cool so many people um so that was super fun and so then after that we went and dropped the kiddos off at grandma and grandpa's place um and the adults went and headed to have lunch in fitzroy we went to this very old classic melbourne pub and then after that farber and i spent some time cruising around town shopping hanging out and exploring the neighborhood before we headed into chinatown for dinner and drinks that evening yeah, and Chinatown in Melbourne is large, right? Um, kind of kind of made us a little homesick for mm -hmm. 56 East Broadway, mm -hmm. our address in NYC Chinatown. Mm -hmm. The next day we had a walking tour that was booked uh, for the city of Melbourne. We will put the details for the walking tour on our website, which is... AddressUnknownWorldwide.com yeah, Right, because it was, it was a great tour. 12 people, international people from all over the world. We started the tour in East Melbourne and then walked and wove our way through the city. There is a ton of street art, so we stopped at a, at a very famous alley. The city also really embraces street art. There's a ton of murals. Yeah, this they is, encourage it. They encourage a lot of it. So it's really cool because you can walk around these, we call them lanes, mm -hmm. but they're like alleyways. And so in this notorious alley, we went down... They have just tons of work, tons of throw-ups, and then even like huge murals. But they did have an old Banksy that was just left there untouched. I found this shocking because Banksy did a tour in New York City. Mm -hmm. And they posted 
as they were doing the, the pieces of work they posted online, and within hours, they were, like, ripped out and taken down. Yeah, they'd throw them up. People would find the location and go take them down. Right, and take it. Like, not, mm-hmm. not because, like, for their own personal yeah. collection. Yeah, not... well, or to resell it because it's obviously worth a ton of money. But it was it wasn't it wasn't as though these places these pieces would be left untouched. Yeah. So it was nice to find that in an alley in Melbourne. During the tour, we stopped at a very cute super eighties minimalist coffee shop called Vacation. Yeah, it's very cute. And this was in route to our second stop, which would have been the Federation Square, and then one of the old arcades and shopping malls that are in Melbourne. And then we made it to our last stop on the tour, which was an old pub where our guide Ian bought all of us pints of beer or coffee or you know people had soda water or whatever we had a beer and wine or cider. something cider mm-hmm. um and when when someone in Australia buys a round for you it's called a shout yep gonna have a shout I'm gonna have a shout I'm going to do a shout after having our shout at the bar uh we were finished and starving from our our long two and a half two and a half three hour walking tour three hour walking tour but like we knew you know when you're in these cities right in these cool cities larger cities and you don't have a lot of time you want to be able to see all the sites right and so one of the best ways we've found to do that is to go on one of these walking tours i am not above getting on a hop on hop off bus tour if that's offered in cities um but if the weather is nice and you kind of want to get some steps in uh, and, and get a little bit more, I think, local flair. Yeah. These walking tours are the way to do it. I agree. And you can ask questions, and the yes. guides are very knowledgeable. Yeah. And you usually get a little more information than you would on a, on a general tour on a bus or something. So right. I like this. But at any rate, we did the tour. It was long, three hours, totally worth Starving. it. Starving. Starving. So then we made our way to a recommended restaurant that my cousin Shola gave us, which is super normal. Yeah, and when we told people we were going to try to go there, everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing, do it. So, Incredible. shout out yes. to Shola, not a shout, but a shout know. out. Shout out, yeah, not to be <laughs> to confused. Shola not to be for, confused, a shout out. For recommending this, because it was an incredible meal. And it was great, because honestly, like what we went there at like 3 o'clock, so insanely late lunch, not dinner time yet. So we basically had the restaurant to ourselves, and it is a very popular restaurant. It's actually kind of hard to get reservations there. Um, so we had a really good meal, amazing skin contact, wine, and just kind of chilled and enjoyed the lovely meal. Next day, we had to go back to the market. Of course. Because I was on a mission to get this fruit. You were. I was convinced there was going to be some great island fruit there. We also had some other things on our list because we were going to be departing the next day, right? So we wanted to get a few other delicacies. Most importantly, we wanted to get some kangaroo steaks. Yes, we did. You can't go to like a normal grocery store and get kangaroo. It's hard to find. But in, in like specialty butchers have it. Yeah. So we got some kangaroo after the market. We met up with Matt for lunch. At his local pub, I would call it, next to, near his work. Yep. At the Hotel Lincoln. Super cute. Mm-hmm. Um, we then met a bit later at the Caretaker's Cottage, later in the day for happy hour with Matt. Caretaker's Cottage, if anybody would like to look this up, it's a very well-known cocktail bar. Um, it is right in central Melbourne. It is literally an old caretaker's like brick cottage that used to take care of the church, which yeah. is in the adjacent property. Right, you're right. You literally walk through like the grounds of the church yeah. to get to this bar. Yeah, and it's super popular. Like you had read about it in a number of publications yep. when you're looking at places to to go get cocktails while in Melbs. Yeah, and and I don't I don't want to put 
the country of Australia down for their cocktail program, but it is not necessarily a country that is focused on craft cocktails like you would find in New York or in LA or even Minneapolis or Chicago. Like, no. It's I mean, tough. liquor is really expensive here. Yep, it Obviously, is. I mean, they have to import everything, right? And import it a very long way. So for the most part, we've been drinking wine and beer uh, because also, I mean, people in the States will appreciate this, I guess, but they also do measured pours. So if you go up to the bar and you order a vodka soda, you are getting one ounce of vodka and then the rest soda and it's easily 10 12 15 dollars way more than just getting a glass of savvy b that's right so yeah so we haven't been drinking a lot of cocktails so the the highlight here is that the caretaker's cottage does know what they're doing yeah so that's time. that's the plug yeah they were super good really unique inventive it was jam-packed after we had drinks at the caretaker's cottage, we made our way to meet up with Ash and Joel, two lovely people that we had met back on our second day in mm-hmm. Sydney. Yeah, uh, it feels like forever feels ago. Like long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on If you go back to our episodes when we first arrived in the Sydney. The very first Australia episode. We met mm-hmm. them along, on the boat when we were with Bridget. Yep. Um, and so we said, listen, we're going to be in Melbourne around this time. It was great hanging out with them. We got to catch up uh, and and have some food and some bites and some drinks with them in the CBD, which is like the central business district. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the river. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, we, we only met them one day. Let's not say that we knew a lot like their history no. with them. It was one afternoon. And honestly, like we, we met fairly early, kind of happy hour times, like 630, I think. And all of a sudden we all looked down and we're like, holy shit, it's like 1130. So it's just like one of those nights, these people that are amazing and the conversation just flows. And if we lived in Melbourne, like we would definitely have a lot of hang times. Yeah. Like they're super cool, fun people. So glad we got to see them again. Great people. Super fun. Yeah. Very, very nice to catch up with them once again. So we, and we loved Melbourne, right? I think, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think we really liked Melbourne. We did. I mean, I hate to say it more than Sydney. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, right? Like, I do want to say we've only spent a few days in each city. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right. So, so we can't, you know, we're great. We're not a great. Uh, we don't have like a plethora uh, of information and experiences to go off yes. of. Right. Yeah, but if you asked us right now, what was your favorite city? What, what did you like more, Melbourne or Sydney? Yeah. I think we would say. Melbs. Melbs. I'll leave that up to interpretation. Why? For anybody who wants to experience those cities on their own and make that judgment call. Yeah, yeah. We liked Melbourne for some reasons. We also liked Sydney for some reasons. They're just very different vibes. That's right. Okay, so we are, we've had our four days in Melbourne, but we actually were really excited to get back in Wanda and head down the road. So let's take a quick break and we'll be back in just just a second. back this is episode nine of address unknown and we are heading from melbourne towards the town of lorne first stop torquay 
I pronounced it Torquay, which is wrong. <laughs> it is Torquay, even though it's spelled Torquay. Well, we could still be pronouncing it wrong. Like, who the hell knows? Tor- honestly. Torquay is the birthplace of Quicksilver and Rip Curl. So if you know anything about Pacific Sun uh, from the shopping mall in like the 90s Pac-Sun. or surfing. Paxson, get it right. Come on. You've seen these brands. Most people know these two brands, right? Yes. It's a very cute little seaside town. We stopped in at the, at the, out, the outlet, of course. We did. We had to go to like the factory stores. You didn't want to. I was like, come on. We've been to Burlington, Vermont. We went to the Burton store. Yep. Granted, neither one of us really surfs. But if you're in kind of the birthplace, I feel like you should stop and check it out. Yeah. We got some, some thongs. Thongs. Which are flip-flops for those of you in the U.S., after Torquay, we made our way down to Bell's Beach. Oh, you were so excited. Bell's Beach, just for those who don't know. And if you don't know, come on now. This is from the movie Point Break, starring Patrick Swayze, R.I.P. Keanu Reeve, mm-hmm. Gary Busey. It is an awesome film. I'm sure most have seen it, but if you have not, this is a film about a group of surfers who rob banks. You're so passionate. Wearing masks of presidents former presidents yeah you you were saying dead presidents but i was like at at the time when this was filmed they weren't dead this is most of them are now this this is a film from the late 80s it's amazing it is totally worth streaming on netflix if you can get it um but the the last epic scenes in point break in which patrick swayze had previously talked about where he'll be for the 50 year storm and that was bell's beach australia and so the last scene here is is Keanu Reeves has handcuffed Patrick Swayze, the bank robber, at Keanu this point. Keanu Reeves is a cop. Yes, Keanu yes. Reeves plays a FBI agent, and uh, and and Patrick Swayze is one of the he's the head of the bank robbing crew. So he they, they go through this tussle and they're fighting on the beach, and at one point he gets a handcuff on on Patrick Swayze, and Patrick Swayze, being the buff, you know. Bodhi Zeffa, his character in the film, as I he mean, is. Just the perfect name. He persuades... Keanu. Keanu. Let who him is, go. He unlocks the handcuffs to allow Bodhi, Patrick Swayze, to go out into the ocean knowing you will not survive the 50-year storm at Bell's Beach because the waves are sort of like in, in like, uh, Portugal. Like they're massive, like three massive. stories, four stories high. So yeah. he knows he's not going to make it. So... It's a great beach, but as it turns out, that's never where it was filmed. It was not filmed on Bell's Beach. Not one second of the movie is actually filmed in Australia. No, no. So no, it's only in name. That's but right. because of this movie, it's become this place that everyone goes to because it's the epic Bell's Beach that is named in the cult classic Point Break. I wasn't going to miss it. No. I mean, he had to. I mean, come on. Keanu, Patrick Swayze. Farber got really upset at me, actually, because I don't think that I've actually watched the entire movie all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces. Like, I've seen the last scene where supposedly Patrick Swayze is on this, like, wave that's bigger than a skyscraper. Like, it's insane. And, the you know, the effects are horrible because it is a movie from the late 80s, early 90s. Um, so I've seen parts, but never the whole thing. I will just say, for a male in his mid, <laughs> early to mid 40s, mm. there are three films in which you know. There is 
Gleaming the Cube, starring Christian Slater's a skateboard movie. Uh-huh. Rad, which is a BMX oh, movie. Oh, I know Rad, yes. And then Point Break. As a woman who has dated a lot of men who are now in their early to mid-40s, I know of all these movies. You guys are all so unique. So, listen, after, <laughs> after going to the mecca of surfing Bell's Beach, we realized it's not so much a surfing beach, although there are some surfing, but not a lot. It's actually now a paragliding beach. That's what it's more known for because of the air currents. So there are these AstroTurf launch pads that mm-hmm. they run off. And there are people paragliding all over the place. Multiple launch points. There was like twenty two dozen, I'd say. Oh my gosh, there were time. so many. So many. It was beautiful. But you have to remember that you're you're high above the seas. So these people have like their winter clothes on as they were cruising through the through the sky. So it was, it beautiful. was beautiful. It looks so relaxing. It was for someone who's afraid of heights, I was like, maybe I might try it because it just looks so beautiful. And peaceful. And, and quiet. Peaceful. Yeah. yeah, and quiet. And I mean obviously like you have to do your tandem rides for a long time before you know enough to ride the air currents yourself. But there were a lot of people who obviously had been doing this for a long time and it was it was beautiful yeah. to watch. We kept cruising along after Bell's Beach, and we made our way to the Great Ocean Road. We did. We did. We had to stop here. There's an arch that states we're at the starting point to the Great Ocean Road. We stopped and we got some photos, and I guess, I don't know. It's one of those things where you hear, like, the Great Ocean Road, right? And everyone knows about it, and everyone talks about it. And I thought it was going to be a lot longer than it was and it's not like it wasn't beautiful but maybe this was me because I was driving and when you are the driver right you can't be looking off and admiring the view and seeing all the scenery as you're you're driving through you're driving through tiny towns and narrow roads you got to make sure that you're on the up and up and you're paying attention I would like to hear from you as the person who could witness uh, the things that we were driving past would you say that the great ocean road is great yeah as a as a navigator as someone Mm -hmm. who can sit in the passenger seat and watch the coast fall off beside you on your left your left hand side Mm -hmm. um or who can look out on the ocean and see all the like the sea lions cruising you know cruising along the beach and like sitting on the rocks you saw sea lions i saw sea lions you didn't. As a driver, I didn't want to say anything to you because I didn't want you to get That's upset. That's so rude. So, <laughs> I think yes, it is. I think for a passenger, I recognize as as someone who was driving the car, it's probably difficult to understand uh, or to, to respect how like nice it really was. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's this is a two lane road. This and it's is very windy. It's very windy. It's, it's two very lanes. narrow. It is not uh, a scenic. Uh, country road where you can like this is a two hands on the wheel at 10 and 2 sort of situation that's right mm-hmm. so I think as a as a passenger it's great okay as a driver I, rec- I respect that you probably didn't think much of it because you didn't get to see as much okay. right. I just wanted to I mm. just wanted to hear yep. your point of view yeah really you saw sea lions sea lions <sighs> got to see all sorts of cool birds okay cool glad to know that all right well <laughs> As we drove down the Great Ocean Road, um, we were headed towards one of our stops, our first night in Lorne. 
Lauren looked very cute. If you're ever like in Melbourne and you're looking for a little town to go experience for a night or two, lots of shops, obviously fish, fish and chips places, um, but a very touristy, cute looking little town. But we continued on past Lorne about 10, 15 minutes to the holiday park, which we were going to be staying at for a couple of nights. And this place was absolute paradise. I think it's one of the first campgrounds that we went to after Mimosa Rocks National Park that we were like, this is why we got the van. Like, yeah. This is beautiful. And it's like, just the landscape was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. We were right on this river that flowed directly into the ocean, which was right across the Great Ocean Road. Um, so very easy for us to walk to. But on the other side of this river was just this sheer cliff of rocks and then like greenery around and in the rocks and on top, tons of birds in the river, cockatiels, ducks, everything. It was incredible. It was also not very crowded, which was really nice. I think it's a park that not a lot of people know. What's the name of the park? Is there? Yeah, the Cumberland, Cumberland River, river. Park. Um, and yeah, can't recommend it enough. I would say the amenities are not great. It's pretty rugged as far as that is concerned, but like most of these parks that I think are kind of some of our favorites, the, the views and the nature and that outweighs, that outweighs yeah, the like quality makes, of the shower stalls. Makes up for it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I also was the only park and I think probably the only park we'll be able to have a fire in. Yeah. So they had these I don't know, barrels that they cut, metal barrels It was that they a 55-gallon drum oil barrel right. that had been cut in half. Yep. And then put on mounts. So yeah. it was like, yeah. We could buy all the kindling and the wood. And so it was really nice because at night it did get pretty cold. But, like, you know, you had your fire. You're sitting on the banks of the river. And, of course, all the kangaroos come all around you. And so it was really, I would say, my Australian dream. You would go up on top of the van. Yeah. And it was... It, it's a light, what do they call it? A light pollution desert. So there was no light pollution yeah, of any not, kind. And, yeah. So the stars were from one horizon to the other. Yeah. Um, it was it was really just like it was a magical place. Stunning. Yeah. It's absolutely stunning. So. Oh, I think I hear some rain. Yeah. Yeah. Might so hear that in the recording. Enjoy that yeah. ambiance. Yes. Shocking! It's raining again in Australia. We'll talk more about that coming up soon. <laughs> the next morning we woke up and there's also really great hiking in and around this this park. So we decided to go and do this out and back trail, grade four for those of you that that hike about two to three hours. Uh, it was intense, right? Like. All of the rain that we've been getting has made all of these rivers within this park very swollen and flooded. Mm -hmm. And so you had water crossings at multiple points and they were very, very deep. The river water had covered all the boulders that you would have been able to walk across the river on without getting wet. Yeah. So we got very wet very quickly. I was very nervous the entire time. I don't necessarily know that we should have done that walk in the lack of gear that we had. In retrospect, I think we were like... 
maturely stating we were ill-prepared. Yeah. We had running shoes on. I don't yeah. think this was a good idea. No. Very tall grasses. We had, sun, we had shorts on and, shorts and running shoes. In running shoes. Very tall grasses. I mean, this is like the perfect place for like snakes to hang out yes. in. Yes. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, I was kind of freaking out the entire time, walking very, very heavily, stomping everywhere that we went to make sure that hopefully this, the snakes would go scattering. Um, but we made it. We made it out to the, the lookout, like waterfall point that we wanted to. We got back. We didn't see a single snake. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, for, for visual again, we were walking and there was like palm fronds first hitting from your waist down. Mm-hmm. And then there was some sort of large branches or grasses that would hit your, like hit your face. But you would try to not, cause a lot of them had like thorns and stuff. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was like, it, real. this is not a maintained trail. No, it was not. No, it was like, like they call it bush walking. It was yeah. like literally walking through like a forest where a machete would have been great. Yeah. Machete or a industrial weed whacker would have been ideal for this yeah. trail. Yeah. yeah. I digress there. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. Wouldn't do it again. No bites. We lived. No bites. We made it all good. Thank God. But after that, we walked across to the beach to just lay in the sun because for once it was sunny and it wasn't raining and it was the perfect temperature to just take a nap on the beach and count our blessings that we hadn't gotten bit by any snakes as we were walking through. So after our two days there in heaven, we traveled two hours to the town of Port Ferry. But on the way to Port Ferry is the 12 lies 12 apostles yeah very well known tourist attraction yes but farber were there 12 nar no no no, there there was not there were not 12 apostles has there ever been 12 i mean that's yet to be seen i don't think so these are I, i don't think so these are limestone outcroppings so nature plays its toll on them and they've lost some I know, but they also call it that because of the Bible. I don't know why they felt like they needed to be like, there's the 12 apostles. Like, name them something else if there's not 12 of them. There's about seven now. Yeah. I mean, but again, from the get-go, when this started out being a tourist attraction, there has never been 12. Like, let's be real. They're they're looking up online. They're beautiful, naturally occurring limestone cliffs. It was lovely. You have to stop and see it, right? Like, you hear about these things, you read about them, just like driving the Great Ocean Road, like, you have to do it if you're in this part of the country. So, we got there, for some reason, It the temperature spiked that day. It was probably 100 degrees when we, no joke, got out of the van. And so you walk down this very steep staircase, and the steps are kind of wet because all the water, the rain, has been coming through the sandstone. And we... This woman, as she's walking up, she's like, there's a tiger snake down there. And I like, I, I must have had this look of horror on my face because I, I think I literally like, just stopped moving. Your temperature jumped a little bit. Yeah. And as you've noticed, like we keep talking about the snakes, like this is no joke. Like every Australian has stories about snakes, right? And their encounters with very dangerous snakes. And so I've been very much on high alert for snakes wherever we have gone. And so she's like, there's a tiger snake right down there. And she's like, but don't, you're okay. She's like, but when you get down to the beach, go to the right and not the left. So that's what we did. And it was funny because we talked to people. We'll get to this, I guess. But the people at Port Ferry that we got to talked about the tiger snake at the Twelve Apostles. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the snake, like, lives on the beach. It is very much there. There are signs everywhere to watch out for snakes. And so we went to the right. We walked on the beach. There were five million flies 
and it was 100 degrees. So we went and saw, I'm going to say three apostles. We saw three yeah. on that beach. Yeah. Um, so we're going to post some pictures. I am extremely red in all those pictures because it was so hot. <laughs> After getting heat stroke at the 12 apostles, <laughs> we then finally made our way to the holiday park in Port Ferry. This was, it's a fun, cute little park. There's lots of longtime residents some permanent residents. Shockingly, the weather had taken a turn again. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was misty, a little chilly, but we've put our rain jackets on. We stopped at Griffith's Island, checked out the lighthouse that's there. Yeah. Um, a little beach walk, and then had a great vantage point in which to watch the surfers ride some of these like, crazy waves. Yeah. It's a very cute island. We had read about it. Sorry, you can hear this now. It's, it's raining. We're in Wanda. Yeah. It's just part of our life. Rain in Wanda equals our life. We're actually in a sound studio. We're just bringing in the rain <laughs> on, t on the top of a tin roof. So <laughs> because it sounds like a band. We know that our voices are so relaxing that you're going to listen to this as you fall asleep. There. There you go. Anyway, um, this island was super cute. It was small and we knew the next day it was going to be raining. So we were like, we got to get out while we can, right? But as with the rain, there's also... Australia has a serious fly problem. And the flies on this island were no joke. Again, we'll post a photo. But Farber was walking around, and he was in front of me, thank God. And at one point, no joke, 30 to 50 flies on his back. It was absolutely disgusting. And I think part of it is they have certain colors that they're attracted to or like that they'll land on. Or maybe it was because you were first. I have no idea. You were wearing kind of a khaki jacket. I was wearing black. I don't know that they're as attracted to black. We don't have any frame of reference here. I just know that I had like two or three all the time and you were literally covered. They don't bite, to be clear. No, they don't bite. They're just super annoying. But if they land on you, I guess they're not as annoying because when they're flying around they're like literally in your face they try to go up your nose they try to go in your ears in your eyes and there are a lot of them all the time and you can't no spray works to keep them away i don't know why no one has talked about this and any local that we ask has a different story right some people are like oh it's because it's el nino but then someone else will say well it was el nino and now it's back to la nina and then some people say well it's just like this every summer so we don't know i don't know why no one has talked about this but australians i know some of you listen or other people that have visit australia have you experienced this what is the deal? What well, is the deal with the flies? And and I'm not being paid by the Tourism Board of Australia, but they're not <laughs> everywhere, dear. They're not everywhere. Okay, I'm going to say 90% of the places that we've gone. There's been a fly problem. Some some are more perturbed than others by the I don't flies. like it. I don't like it one bit. Anyway, hey, let's get back. Let's get back here. <laughs> Port Ferry, the town. It is a very cute, old, old little town. It's going back to the mid-1800s. It was originally a whaling town. Mm -hmm. Very, very picturesque. It was the weekend, More so there a... was some music happening. People were having holiday parties. Yeah, there are some shops that were open. Um, as we get closer to Christmas, we're realizing that the more and more activities are sort of popping up. Mm -hmm. um, one of the more lively small towns we've been to, I guess. Yep. Uh, the next day, it was raining and freezing, so we hung out in the common room and did some research. Um, we booked some of our places for our trip to Perth. We got to know some of the other travelers, yeah. namely 
retired group of six. Who had a lot of snake stories. Lots of snake stories they were telling. <laughs> that, that didn't help my situation with Jonica. <laughs> At one point, we, we did really have a freak out, though, realizing that the places we wanted to go on the west coast of Australia, out of Perth, had all been either fully booked or required a six to seven night minimum stay in the holiday parks. Well, yeah, because this goes back to my learn, right, from the last episode, where I was like, we want to kind of be more chill, not book everything in advance. And this was It bit us in the ass this time. Yeah, yeah. We we got places. You'll hear about them. We're interested to see how it pans out as well, but it's definitely not what we had envisioned that trip to be. So we'll see. But anyway, we spent the whole day in that common area booking this next part of our road trip in Australia. So after Jonica had a little bit of a freak out because of the scheduling issues and the weather had not cooperated and we'd spent six hours online, it was time for some separation, I think, yes. from Jonica and I. It was our first time in which I was really like, okay, I need to go have some Mark Cohn solo time. Yeah. And, and you were like, you were all for it. Oh my God, I was was so excited. I was like, you go, do you, go into town. I'm going to sit here and stream something and just have my time. You've got to have the separate time. Yeah, I I went into a local like pub and and watched some cover music. A lot of different genres, but listen, I I just needed some, some, I think we both needed some self-time after that day. definitely did. you got to have your alone time. So after we'd spent some time in Port Ferry, the next morning we had to get up to head to Mount Gambier to see the Umfordson sinkhole and the Blue Lake. Mm-hmm. We will be putting some of these pictures on the website, yeah. also on the gram. These, this was incredible. Um, Jonica was very excited about the sinkhole. You didn't want to stop here at all. I couldn't really figure out what it was. You were just like, is there anything else other than the sinkhole? Like, what else are we going to do? And it was literally for one night. And, like, you just couldn't handle, like, just just a sinkhole? I thought we were going to be spending a night in a town for a single attraction. Uh-huh. But. And we haven't done that before. I mean, listen. <laughs> the listeners can judge for themselves. The sinkhole was worth every single mile yes, we drove. It was, it was amazing. fucking awesome. It was super cool. Just so listeners know, the sinkhole was originally a cenote. And there's lots of them in this area. Yes, there yeah. are. And the top had collapsed. Yep. And this gentleman had bought a farm that surrounded the entire sinkhole. Mm-hmm. His name's James Umfordson. And in 1884, he turned the sinkhole into a pleasant resort for the heat of the summer. That's what that's what the sign said. He yeah. like literally made like a private little oasis for himself, his family, yeah. and friends. Yeah. So it, it's like it, it's as though he had like his own private garden yeah. that was subground. It was cooler because it was below ground. Well, and he had to make it that way, right? Because it literally was a hole. Yeah. And he made it into a garden of Eden of sorts. Like, he planted tons of plants, right? Yep. That's true. And, th- and that's why, like, it was it was sort of a respite from the heat of the day, but also very nice getaway for your own family. Yep. And so you walk down these stairs... And as you're walking down them, you're going to this tropical oasis. Mm-hmm. There's there, there's a river that runs, or a waterfall, a small little waterfall. Yeah. I there's, mean, there used to be a lake. Yeah, there used to be a lake at the bottom that he had. And there's pictures of him out on, like, uh, a, a paddle rowboat. boat, a rowboat, mm-hmm. with his uh, kids and everything. Mm-hmm. So, cute, unique little garden space. Um, but then, after stopping at the Umfordson sinkhole, 
which was very worth it. And again, we'll put more information about this on the website because there's a cool kind of history and backstory yep. about him building it, what it was back in the day, how it came into disrepair, and then the city coming together to make it a thing again, which is um, why I wanted to go. I'm going to say I, I'll fall on the sword for this one. Jonica was right. It was It's worth an overnight stay to go see the sinkhole. Yeah, and it's a cute town because there's also uh the blue lake right which is this huge lake that's a during, crater it's a crater lake yeah during certain months i think it starts in december it's like through the summer months that's right. right it turns this crazy unreal shade of blue and so you're walking around this lake and it just it looks fake it looks like it's been photoshopped we did a nice little walk around the lake we walked up to this like lookout point to see the town and the lake and as we're walking back to our holiday park, which was Pine County, very cute holiday park, Yep, I would recommend. Probably some of the cutest branding and Viz ID that I've seen on this entire trip. But we're walking back and the words that I'm most scared to hear come out of your mouth. I tried to distract you from the fact that there was a large snake yes. along the sidewalk mm -hmm. we are passing. Mm-hmm. So, I see the snake. I don't know what kind of snake it is. Coincidentally, there's it, a local man. It's a big snake. It was it was it was like three feet, four mm. feet, let's say. Yeah. But there well, was we couldn't even see it all. There's a local man coming back, and he's got his headphones on. And I was like, I just stopped and was like, Hey, hey, um, we're not from around here, and do you know what kind of snake that is? He's like, I reckon. I well, was, first he said, I've walked this like several times a week. I reckon that's a red-bellied black snake, and I'd never seen one before here. Yeah. The red-bellied black snake, it's venomous. Yes. It will not kill you, but you can lose a limb from it. Yes. Um, and it's not as though you go into like cardiac arrest right away. So, but it, but it will it will. It, it eats your flesh. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's not a good thing. But luckily for us, the snake was just as scared of us as we were, and uh, we continue on our way. But obviously, every single thing that I saw walking back towards the park scared the bejesus out of me and i was jumping all the time but wine fixes everything and obviously will make your fears go away and so when we were walking back we noticed that there was this good intentions wine co and here they call it uh, a cellar door where you can go and taste wine and so they had a cellar door which was also this it was a cute little shop they made homemade pizzas as well, that a lot of other food, um, but just a tiny little hole in the wall. And so we stopped in. I was like, let's let's do a tasting. What else do we have to do? Um, and we met and chatted with Andrew and his wife, who own the Good Intentions Wine Co. And had some really amazing wine. I'm gonna say the some of the best wine we've had on this trip. Yeah, it was very non-traditional. I think that's why. Yeah. We love orange wines, right? Like, we like the funk. We like wines from Slovakia and from Georgia. And I think a lot of Australia and New Zealand are very traditional. More refined, perhaps. Yeah, I think it's it's tradition. They're not straying away from the, the ways of, of winemaking that have been established. But Andrew did, and he so he would experiment and, and do things. And he had a small vineyard himself, but he also bought a lot of the fruit um, from other vineyards. But 
it was it was amazing we bought a bottle of riesling which have i ever bought a bottle of riesling in my life no no did not taste like a riesling that you would normally get in the states nice funky sweet sour mix we also got a really great pinot noir again not what you think of when you think of a pinot noir cold skin contact really really good labels were super cute from this local artist um so yeah it was again i think i talked about one of my loves being these hidden gems and this was definitely one of them obviously the wine was really good but talking to to andrew and his wife and them being like how did you end up here and where are you going and uh they were just super cool yeah and we had a really great i don't know hour two hours just sitting there chatting and drinking wine and i think that's to your point that's like where this small town experience really was a huge benefit like we got to sit and sample wines and talking to the guy that did all the blending he's a winemaker yeah he yeah. did the blending he did the barreling he decided when they would come out and and it's it's not a common experience that you get to go to a brewery or a vineyard or a distillery and actually sit and share glasses of wine with the person that makes it and you uh, you hear how emotionally they are connected to the land that they grow the grapes on how their process works but he does sell his wine in the united states yeah in the states so again we'll post some information about it on the website in particular but also i think on the gram but check it out like if you're into that type of wine highly recommend it loved our stop there of course it started raining that night the next morning it was raining but we continued on to our last stop before adelaide which was this tiny town of kingston and one of the big reasons that we were stopping there not only because it was a nice halfway point which helps was larry the lobster mm -hmm. yep so Australia, for some reason, like they're into Minnesotans will recognize this as well because when you go up north in Minnesota, right, there's a lot of big sculptures, things of like Babe the Blue Ox, right? Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan in Palm Springs, you have the dinosaur, right? So there are like random places in the states where this happens, but Australia is all about this everywhere you go. We've seen koalas, we've seen big baskets of like fruit and vegetables, we've seen a lot of different things. But Larry the Lobster is known as being one of the more impressive big things, they call them, um, as he stands 17 meters tall, which is 56 feet, which is huge. Um, so anyway, town of Kingston, Larry the Lobster, we stopped at a very cute place for lunch to get a rock lobster. Well, that's what Larry is. He's a rock lobster. He is. He is a rock. So we ate Larry yep. for lunch. Yeah. But the local lobster, really beautiful. Once you boil it, it's, it's insanely bright red and spiny. And unlike lobster in the States, these lobsters do not have claws. It's like a langoustine. Yeah, kind of. more like langoustine. Really good. Kingston was tiny. You know, we saw Larry, we had our lunch, and that was kind of it. But we were just there for one night before heading the next morning, three and a half hours, to our final outbound stop, Adelaide. But let's take a little break and we will get into our love and our learn for this leg of the journey.
Alright, and we are back with episode 9 of Address Unknown. We do apologize for the natural occurrence of sound, which is rain on the top of the van. This is just real life, right? Yeah. Like, rain and on this, tin. this has been our life, and we've already talked about how we're going to do a recap episode um, of our time in Australia, and part of that will include rain days versus non-rain days. Before we get into our love and our learn, we ask for questions you may have for us and we're we're really happy we did get some, some questions there yeah. were some inquiries yeah one uh from charlie who asked after spending your first major holiday this was thanksgiving on the road are you missing the traditional activities associated with the holidays like spending time with friends and family on thanksgiving that's a great question i think um and thank you thank you charlie for for asking it i think for us since we moved from Minnesota to New York about 11 years ago, and most of our immediate family is still in Minnesota, we would tend to go back every single year for Thanksgiving. And while we were back, obviously, we would hang out with friends, friends that still live there, friends that came into town. So it was a very jam-packed long weekend. Like, it was always exhausting, but amazing, because you're seeing everyone all at once. So we definitely missed being home and seeing everyone. But I think for this Thanksgiving, because we only left in the middle of October, right? And we had been in Minnesota for longer than we had been in Minnesota since we lived there. Yeah. Prior three, three to weeks. Yeah. Prior to moving, it didn't feel like we we're missing as much, I guess, just because we had seen everybody. I don't want that to sound bad, but it just hadn't been all of that long. Um, but now tomorrow is Christmas. That's, that's when we're recording for us. That's yes. when we're recording this episode. And I think this one feels a little bit more real, even though almost every year for the last 10, nine, 10 years, we've traveled over Christmas, the two of us, sometimes with friends, but we always had that lead up right to Christmas. And we had a lot of traditions that we would do. We'd always go walk and see the windows on Fifth Avenue, on Fifth Avenue which is always amazing. We'd make a little like thermos of blue vine and walk around and just take it all in. There's amazing bars that decorate the nines. And so you just go in, they're super cheesy and it's just like Christmas just exploded everywhere. You have friends holiday parties, you have work holiday parties. We also would obviously have time with our Poconos crew. So we'd have drinks and holiday dinner prior to us departing usually for, for a trip. So we missed all of that lead up to, to Christmas. And so this has felt, I think, a little bit more real about missing this holiday um, than than Thanksgiving. So I don't know if you have anything that you want to. No, I agree, I agree with you. I think day to day being away is not lonely because there's always people to chat with and learn new things from. But I think when you actually start to you know make those calls home, mm-hmm. um, especially around this time of the year, and 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 make calls to friends and they're together and they're with their families, it, it it becomes a little more. I'm not trying to get emotional. I just think it becomes a little more real and a little more yeah. like, oh, you are really far ways away. Yeah, and I think that's that's also been a, a realization, right? Like even when we traveled or even like you know, moving out of Minneapolis, you were not that far away. Now we're half the world away. Yeah. But we're going to start getting closer 
right? Like we're not going to, this is the furthest away that we'll be for the most part. So, um, but yeah, Christmas is tomorrow. So there, there are some feelings, right? Yes, that's true. Some yes. emotions are, are, are elevating. Bubbling to the surface. I do want to, I do want to just quickly say thank you again, as you said to Charlie for posing yeah. the question. And if we can request Anyone again, else? if people do have questions, um, and we invite them, you know, uh, we are open books. Yeah, yeah G-rated, X-rated, <laughs> you know, um, whatever, whatever you prefer. All right, question. let's not X-rated. All right, quickly, Farber, what's your love from Ooh, this? Quick, yep. quick love, easy one. Um, John, I sort of, sort of prefaced this earlier, but the large structural sites, and I say this as in like the, the Paul Bunyan-esque lobster we saw, mm. um, the sinkhole things that draw people into really small towns in the middle of nowhere for no purpose other than that object mm -hmm. i know we do it in the united states mm -hmm. but they're very different here and and there's really no reason to be in these places you would think other than the attraction but then once you like stick around for a little bit yeah you start t talking to some locals and you yeah, love it it's fun yeah all right your learn my learn for episode number nine Mm, is this going to be controversial? Melbourne's the best goddamn city in this country. <laughs> city. Like, big city. Period. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. Okay. Boom. Boom. Mike. Mike drop. drop. Okay. All right. Cool. Jonica. Yep. My dear. Mm -hmm. What is your love? My love is, uh, I love being close to or on the water. We have learned this through multiple stages of this road trip. This I think. concerns me for future real estate right. investments. Well, I mean, I don't have to like live on it, but there has to be something close. It could be a river. Like I, I need to be able to go hiking along a river, right? I just love the way that it cools you, that animals flock to it. Again, all of our favorite campsites have been either on the ocean or on a river. I think I, like I said, I prefer a river. I love the sound of it. It's just very peaceful. The ocean, there's the wind, there's the sand, there's all those elements. I love going to the ocean, but I love me a good, good riverside campsite hmm. and hiking along a river. It's my love. I don't dispute it. Okay, but mm -hmm. closing out, what's the learn? My learn is, I'm just going to toot my own horn here for a minute, is that I have learned and become a very experienced left side of the road driver. I feel like I've done, obviously we have a, another episode to record before we catch you up on everything that we've done in Wanda, but we drop Wanda off in a couple of days. And I am really good at parking Wanda. I'm really good at parallel parking Wanda. I've started to feel extremely comfortable and I'm very happy and excited that this is a skill that I think I will carry forward. I will say you've done an amazing job. Aww, no thank bullshit. You. you have been confident in your driving. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do this. Not that I have <laughs> half the talents you do, my love, but well done job on Knock you. on wood, we haven't hit any ruse. Haven't hit anything. Haven't hit anything. Haven't hit, well, yeah, I thought I hit that parrot, but I don't think so. All right. That's going to do it for Address Unknown, Episode 9. Uh, really quick, if you're listening along and you have not done so already, if you would just leave us a positive review. Uh, do you uh, like listening to it? We do want to hear from you. We also want to push up them reviews. Yeah, exactly. Um, that would be awesome, and we really appreciate it. Also, 
Don't forget, there is a website. No, no, I'm not saying it again. Address unknown, worldwide.com, where you can see photos, you can see recommendations, you can see our itinerary. Okay, all right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.